0: and welcome to another exciting episode of scene partners podcast Mm. in a new location in a new location which makes zero difference to the listeners but i do think that it is a good thing for them to know that we have switched we have switched (laughs) personalities (laughs) and we have switched i don't know if we've switched personalities per se (laughs) i'm chris <laughs> this is my impersonation of you
1: is that what i sound like i i, I don't know that
0: was really beautiful i just like that you didn't even necessarily go for the impersonation no. it was just like how low can i speak yeah. uh <laughs> this is cody i was in chicago that and was uh, uh... A vocal fry there <laughs> um yes we are in a new location it was kind of crazy it is. It's, it's like a strange. I'm looking at you over the right side of my shoulder. <laughs> yes, it is really and odd. It is tripping me out. I should have considered that whenever I, you know, put our stuff down.
1: What is the What is the thing where you switch the furniture around to change the energy in the room? Bad um, acting
0: or uh, uh directing. <laughs> bad directing. That's what I meant. Um, oh, feng shui.
1: Yes, feng shui. <laughs> <laughs> That was a nice... nice, You're welcome. Just a
0: little little, little something for you. Um, But yeah, it is kind of strange. But you know, it's good to shake things up a little bit. It is. Especially looking forward as to some of the things that we were talking about today. It's good to get used to possibly recording something in different locations. Yes. And what that would actually be like. And I do kind of feel like you have to change things up a little bit. I mean, this is our number 63. Mm. And that's 63 hours or more probably 65 yeah with the added um of hours of us just talking in that room in the exact same spot yeah that's kind of wild when you think about it that we can actually put a time stamp like that on conversations that we've had
1: i did i did think about this when i was editing the last one uh, like just how far we have come Mm. And I in no way could have imagined that 60-some-odd episodes would exist of us chatting.
0: I really was thinking 15.
1: Yeah, I was like, you know, 20, we would probably get bored and say, you know what, I've had enough. It really
0: shows you how self-indulgent we can be. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Just, for sure, yeah. To, you know, I mean, it's the two people actually being in a room at the same time. That was terrifying. <laughs> yes. You uh, were assaulted.
1: There are a lot. Uh, oh, that's a You're nice welcome. setup. Um, You're welcome. But um, there's a lot of, like, changes in getting used to how everything is working in this new space going on.
0: Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's changes not only in, like, our space, but we have so many things that we want to do moving <laughs> forward because you, you know, your personal life starts to shape kind of how you behave professionally. And then especially whenever you are basically always working Mm -hmm. and, you know, we were all just having dinner and I was sitting there and I was thinking like throughout the day, my mind has been completely occupied in this different space. And I am having a huge struggle of shutting that off and not thinking about it anymore. Yeah. And it's mostly just because I was working on some artwork for our show for little women. And that's where my head is. I'm just like, Oh, this is what I could do. And I kind of want to get to work on this little piece and I cannot shut it off. And it is a horrible character trait. Yeah. I really do not like that about myself. <laughs> I feel like I used to be so good at compartmentalizing those things and like shutting it off, moving on, going and existing and being present in the moment but in reality i probably never was and i just thought you were doing it was like yeah i just wasn't self-aware enough to really understand that in reality i was always preoccupied yeah with other things which is also why i was probably a terrible friend and you know person to be in a relationship with <laughs> well in all honesty so it's good to know those things by the time you make it to 35 <laughs> <laughs> also Lexi and I have been just calling ourselves 35 to get used to the idea yeah because <laughs> it hasn't even happened yet like when do you get to a certain age that you just advance to the next year when you're like four months away you're like oh, screw it I'm 35 I'm, I'm now. almost 40 I'm, yeah, yeah <laughs> just I'm 35 whatever that's the next birthday I'm saying it enough so I don't forget yeah because it takes so long to remember how old you are.
1: Do you think there will come a time when you and I are thinking about one another, and they're like, I, don't know, I think it's got to be in you know, like eighties, something I don't know.
0: Yeah, yeah, it will. And it'll be that I'm 80-something, and you're like 50, is what I'm going to think in my mind. No, I will look 50 at yeah. 80 with you. <laughs> well by that time, I will have no clue how old you are. I will just be desperate.
1: He's lost to time we don't even know anymore.
0: <laughs> he won't stop directing. We've been recording this podcast for 70 years.
1: <laughs> what, I wonder what the next is. We don't medium... even record it. Yeah?
0: I just I just set him we down. We think it. I just set him down and let him think he's talking into a microphone. <laughs> it's a Q-tip.
1: <laughs>
0: I got a pine cone on a stick. He's just talking. <laughs> he's telling stories about when he was in Chicago. A pine cone on a stick. Lord, by that time, I won't remember anything that happened whenever I lived there. At this point, I'm already forgetting. He's
1: in assisted living. It's great. My room will be right next to yours, though. So. Yeah, well,
0: that would that would be beneficial. Um, but you know, we also so we moved we moved rooms for the podcast, and because we're making room for Lexi and I's nursery. That's right. Which is really wild, and it is super wild to go in there now and be like, oh boy, yeah. <laughs> Like, it's getting more and more empty. I also didn't realize how much I had crammed in there from theater stuff. It's like, (laughs) yes, I was really good at tucking away things and just being like, look, the room is clean. It was, it's like
1: no no it's not it, it is clean comparative to like say when we closed tuna and yeah. we had all of the costumes and oh things oh stuffed in there trying to record a podcast
0: that was rough well that's kind of what i'm running into at the moment is that we have we have like theater stuff that i'm trying to organize because all of it just kind of stacked up onto us really really fast it was like tuck everlasting came right after tuna Mm -hmm. and all of that was going on right after we found out that lexi was pregnant and then um and then we did tuck everlasting and she was an absolute champion and made it through that show in her first trimester of Mm -hmm. pregnancy which is just crazy to me um women are super strong man oh yes i just like i'm such a pansy (laughs) i know i've seen you with a cold i (laughs) think I think about that a lot. Like, I used to think I was super strong and, like, easy, like, to deal with. And since being married to Lexi, I'm like, God, I'm such a wimp. I am such a wimp. (laughs) I can do nothing. Like, people look at me and they're like, look at that huge dude. That's crazy. I bet he could do things. I can't do anything.
1: (laughs) You are, like, physically strong. Okay. (laughs) Okay. And I would stop and right there. That's the end. That's the end. <laughs> we
0: leave all the other strengths to Lexi.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm Emotionally, tall. she is definitely the rock.
0: I can I can do those top of the cabinet stuff. I got that.
1: Hey, you know what? No, no, no. I have a bone to pick with her because she's on a phone call out there and it's a very important phone call. Mm-hmm. And right before we walked in, she goes, Oh yes, my husband and his friend, they're going to um <laughs> uh, uh to do something together. <laughs>
0: She didn't want to, she didn't want to say embarrassed oh, by the podcast podcast. And she doesn't, I mean, she knows this person kind of it's yeah. like secondhand embarrassment. Mm.
1: I started flushing in the face because of it.
0: I just assumed that she didn't want to go way deep into being like, oh yeah, they have a, mm-hmm, mm, yeah, and mm-hmm yeah. this is crazy is what they do okay, (laughs) it's probably because you put two unwrapped starbursts on her plate for dessert. Or like, here you go. She was on
1: the phone. I could see that she wanted those (laughs) starbursts.
0: That was so funny with a fork and a knife. It was glorious. It's a gourmet dessert. That was glorious. Um, but it did make me think the only way, this is ridiculous what we're doing right now, but it did make me think you would have to put the starburst in the microwave for at least five seconds, I think to be able to cut it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> with a fork and a knife and, and it wouldn't it. last long.
1: You stab it with the fork and then you just kind of like chew it but like a needle. Like
0: I didn't realize this until the other day. I put a plate in the microwave that had a little bit of ketchup on it. Horrible idea. Oh, yes. We threw the plate away. It cooks. We threw it away. Yeah. It was great. You've done that before? I've made that same mistake. Yes, that's how I know. that is was crazy. <laughs> it was like, I've, I've never done this. I've made it so far. Yeah. I guess I just—I'm also not a huge ketchup person. Also, or con. Uh,
1: just a uh, just a tip: mustard reacts the same way. Oh well, yeah.
0: Oh, well, I won't be doing it again. Yeah, I won't be doing it again. But still, um, well, now that we've gotten that microwave thing out of the way, yeah.
1: Whew. But your um, but your your um, upcoming, you know, infant into the world
0: is very exciting. <laughs> infant into the world. Yes, well, I don't it know is what exciting. all
1: you're willing to talk about, so I'm trying to, you know,
0: that's very kind of you. But yeah, we are having a girl. We are having a, an awesome baby girl, which is yes. great because hopefully, dear God, she will take after Lexi. <laughs> and, you know, and that's, that is awesome.
1: She'll take the best qualities of both of you. She'll be tall, strong in, in like physical strength and emotionally strong like Lexi.
0: It is kind of like building a video game character, but you don't get to make any of the choices. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'll just take a random preset. It's like, I will play the smallest role. And somehow still get 50% of the credit. Yeah. Which makes sense for me. Like, through my life, that makes sense. Like, yeah, I will do the least amount and I will get most or half at least of the credit. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, But no, we're excited. But it it is like you get to a point where now we have to start making like plans yeah, for what life is going to be like and how that's going to pan out and how we're going to still continue to do the things that we love to do and then still also give enough time to this other like new time in our lives that we are super excited about and that we've been kind of waiting for and and now it's here and it's like okay so these are all the things that we have to do and my gosh it just like is a lot yeah it's a lot to do but it's all very exciting.
1: I'm watching you two just sort of ramp up with excitement every single time yeah, we meet.
0: It is exciting. Well, it's also cool too because as you go forward, you like it becomes more and more real as you start to do the things. Like in the beginning, it's like, wow, this is crazy, but you don't really notice. Like, I mean, you know that it's happening, but it's kind of hard to believe because everything still looks the same. Yeah, and feels the same, and it's like well, it's just us. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, you go and you get your ultrasound or whatever, and you get this new insight of like, oh my gosh, there is actually something that is going on. Mm -hmm. And I mean, what an amazing experience to want something and then to see it happen in front of you. You know, whenever you, I think that that is probably one of the most special feelings ever. And I feel very fortunate that I've gotten to experience that in many different ways Mm -hmm. throughout my life of really wanting something and then actually seeing it through. And then it happens and you're like, wow, this is awesome. But I will say that a lot of times I think in the past, when those things happen, just given the business, you immediately start thinking, okay, so next one, next thing, you know, you start chasing it immediately again, like trying to find that other thing that you really want. And I think with this, I, I like with, with us having a child and starting, you know, this, this newer family or bringing a newer family member into our team, I guess is it's like, I don't want to not be there for it. Mm -hmm. Like I want to always be like, no, this is, this is what we wanted. This is the moment that we've been waiting for. And I don't want to like become jaded by it, which I feel like I probably will eventually. Yeah. (laughs) Just be like, it's okay. Like I'm, I'm not going to miss anything, but I know how I am. I mean, we were talking about it in the beginning and I become singularly focused, but I would hope that that horrible trait of mine will become a good trait. And maybe I'll just become focused <laughs> in yeah. the right direction. Um, Because I know that it's a huge possibility that I could slip the other direction and just be like, okay, it's just now I really want to do these shows and that's all I'm thinking about all the time. And, I'm going to miss out on something. That's like my stress dreams. Isn't that ridiculous? Do other people have those stress dreams? No, no, I think it, you know, (laughs) I'm
1: sure they do. Absolutely. I think it's, and you know, not being in that perspective per se, I think, you know looking back on my life i don't i'm sure that my mother saw me take my first steps right yeah. and i'm sure that you know she was sad when i'd left to go on my first day of school or college or left the house for the first time um and and all of those things but i don't know that any of those quote unquote firsts that you may be scared of missing are as important as always being present as her father yeah and I think that that's going to last so like I you know I know who my mother is because mm. she was there for me she was always there to you know take care of me to put you know food on the table every night which is you know I guess you know typical things but it, it is you know important to me is like well I don't put food on my table every night Yeah Lexi mostly does that <laughs> Um but it, it's I think that that's so much more of the emphasis that I would sort of encourage I yeah. guess and and not so much being worried about missing like oh I missed you know the first steps oh I missed the first word or I wanted, well, wanted I to I definitely be think
0: that like presence is more important yeah I mean you can't be there for every single thing yeah and I know that but you want to be there whenever you can and actually be there you know be present in the moment and not like you know thinking about oh I, I really need to go do this mm-hmm. which is difficult That is a very difficult thing.
1: Well, you will have to think about those things too. Yeah, I really want to do this, but I have have a girl with me today. So,
0: but it is exciting to to think that you know we're gonna get this opportunity to to basically try to raise a good human being. Yeah, like you know from scratch. (laughs) It's like here we go because we both (laughs) teach, and so it's like we try to instill some good things with kids that already are along the way you know i think and so, you
1: need a piano player
0: yeah well no we've already i've already been there yeah i've already i'm already there i mean i do think
1: potential drummer
0: i think <laughs> i think that uh you know when you think about change people always or i shouldn't say people always but there is this negative connotation to it of okay we have this change coming and this is everything that's going to be different and i'm not excited about it and i think it's because people don't like uncertainty but i think there can be a positivity to change especially whenever it's something that you're looking towards and i will say as people who are new parents i guess it is so so annoying whenever people constantly talk (laughs) about the like oh, you're not even ready for this. Your whole life's going to be different. It was like, better sleep now. Yeah, it's like, we know all these things. Like, I, yes, we know it. And we know that we're probably going to do things wrong and that we're going to be tired and that parts of it are going to suck. But who in the world is going to be like, oh, look, we're going to go out on this huge adventure and let's think about all the horrible things that are going to come from it. (laughs) Yes. Like, I mean, that doesn't make any sense. Like, if I'm going to buy a plane ticket to go on an amazing vacation, I'm not going to think about the fact that i got to sit in an uncomfortable seat for four hours. Yeah. I'm going to think about the destination and all the great memories that you're going to have. Like, that's what you want to think about. You, if you concentrated on the horrible plane ride, you never leave. I just don't understand the, like, why people feel the need. I guess there's, there's I, I, just the, like, poo-pooing on people i don't get it like why are you gonna do that don't (laughs) poo-poo on us the
1: the big thing is and and i told you this the other day is like there are eight billion people there are almost eight billion people on this planet not everybody has gotten it right yeah but but you also half of them got it right i mean people still raise kids all the time
0: well and are choosing to
1: yeah it's like and, and it would also be very different if say you and lexi did not choose this yeah, change in your life or your lifestyle, and it just sort of came up, and you were like, "Oh no, oh no,
0: oh and no!" And as I said before, we're thirty-four,
1: thirty-five. Yes, <laughs> you're just in much different places in in your life than say most people that are from the south typically have marriage and children and all those things before they're twenty-two. Oh yeah,
0: everybody that's our friend, their are their kids are like you know going into middle school soon. Yes, so.
1: That to me is very overwhelming to think about.
0: I, uh, we would not have a functioning child. Like there's no way that we would be sending in a very good, well formed Lexi. Might I guess? You... Th- I should say that I should have clarified. <laughs> I was using the royal we, meaning just me. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I would. There's no way that I would be sending a good person into the world if that were the case but you know i i just i feel extremely fortunate and i'm really excited that you know we can bring a child up to see what it's like to follow your passion so that maybe they will understand that it's great to have a passion on the side mm-hmm. but you should still get a job it's <laughs> <laughs> like our friend need aubrey you to
1: fund our habits yeah
0: i need you to fund what i want to do okay um it's like our friend Aubrey was talking about his daughter who's incredibly talented and what she wanted to do. And he was like, Oh no, no, she's, she's going to go. And he said what the job was. And I didn't understand what half the words were. And uh, maybe I'll look it up when we're done. But, um, it was basically something that was going to make money and then, you know, just do like theater stuff on the side. But you know, she, and I said, you don't want to go and pursue this other thing. And he was like, no, cause like I know what it's like. I've seen my dad as an artist grow up. Like that's horrible. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't want to do that. <laughs> like you're, I can yeah, I could see that. Like it, it is hard. You get firsthand. Like she will, this child will get to see firsthand what it's like to to do that to work through that. Well, but- yeah,
1: you know, for every success story and for every, I guess there's also. E- uh, like a mountain of failures behind yeah. all of that. And I think people can can look at, we'll take Laura Dern, for example, right? Who had this like really amazing budding career. She mm-hmm. goes to star on Ellen um, when she had her uh, sitcom years ago and stars as her girlfriend. And then not only do they cancel that show, but they like,
0: which she agreed to she knew going into yes. it and was very excited to do it
1: but you know it was a changing of times then but you know her career sort of like stopped
0: yeah it tanked altogether it tanked her career
1: and you know as well
0: as ellen's a lot of people think of it as like oh that was the end of ellen's career but it was like no no it was also laura dern's yes stopping point as well it took a long time it took longer for her to get back in yes than it did for ellen
1: and and so you have to kind of think like you know, not every decision will be easy. Sort of, yeah. you know, it's talking about even having children and having to, to make sort of, you know, decisions in that sense. But Not every decision will be easy, but you have to make sure that you're making the right ones.
0: Mm-hmm. And I, I am excited to be able to have someone to share all these things that Lexi and I love, mm-hmm. you know? And it's also, you know, we have such a great group of, friends and we have like this we have made such an awesome little family for ourselves and we are fortunate to live near our parents which is really great and i think all of those things are just it's a great setup for bringing a child into the world to be able to like we are surrounded by such love and i feel like all of those people are going to surround this child with even more love Mm -hmm. than what we have and i just think that that's going to be really awesome and I'm I'm excited about it, and I just really hope that she wants to play a musical instrument, <laughs> because, or maybe we can like make her. Think she, she ends up wants. growing up as a flautist. <laughs> like, did you see the last couple of musicals that Cody put on? It's crazy. There's no piano, and it's, it's just a flute. flute. <laughs> it's so wild. Yeah, <laughs> it's like inspired. He's such a rock star. <laughs> He's
1: always thinking outside the box.
0: <laughs> that was crazy. I would have never thought to do cabaret with one flute. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh. when they got to the part 76 trombones, that little girl played the flute <laughs> like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> I was thinking seventy six trombones.
1: You know what though? I do have to stop you right there because the person who was playing guitar in when we went to go see Hades Town mm-hmm. sounded like about four guitars.
0: Yeah, she was the trombone player. Trombone player, yes. But yes, the trombone player was made that one instrument sound so many different ways and so many different. I mean, so many different styles. It was a breath. It was breathtaking. Yeah. So. We've made it twenty three minutes in, and with the new setup, I actually can see. Oh, I just probably messed up, because you probably are going to edit things, and I just said the time, and Does you it have matter? to make it twenty three. I don't have to do anything. Um, yeah, well, that's true. You just delete the whole thing. Um, we've made it twenty some odd minutes in, and I, and it's different because I can now like see things, and you can't because of where we are. Mm-hmm. But. I really wanted to talk about like what our thoughts were about bringing violence into theater, because violence has been kind of at the forefront of a lot of conversations. Yes. Not just because of like recent, most recent events, but you know, I have been kind of wrestling with this thing where I have been getting up every morning. I get up before like a good bit before I have to go to work just so that I can have some like, time not to feel super crazy rushed in the morning. Yes. And um and it really helps me out like center myself in a way but now it's gotten to the point where I'm like I think I'm going to have to start waking up even earlier. Like I need more time. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm I'm somehow rushing now. I've
1: also started adding that too because I started probably 2 3 years ago an hour. Now mm-hmm. it's an hour and a half that I have. Just to me Every morning, yeah. get the coffee, sit down. Either I'll, I'll read, I'll watch something just so that I have. Because it is harder to bake something in at the end of the day for yeah. yourself than it is to start off. And like you, you said, just centering yourself. It. Yeah. Centering yourself and getting your mind set, at least, you know, no matter what happens for the rest of the day, I had something for me, yeah. which is maybe like a selfish way of thinking, but it also helps me.
0: I don't think it's a selfish way of thinking. I think it's self-aware and understanding what you need to do to be a good human being yes. out in the world.
1: Well, walking around with anxiety and thinking all day about how I it, I could still have like fifteen minutes to myself yeah. at the end of the day, not getting it and just being frustrated, doesn't help or serve me or anyone around me in mm-hmm. any in any way in any real way. Um, so yeah, I do the same exact thing.
0: And well. I've kind of like made it more stressful because now I get up and I turn the news on and I watch every single. All thing right, now see happened. that one's on you. Yeah, and I watch every single thing that happened in Ukraine, and and I just it it is so horrifying. And then I on the way to work I listen to a podcast that's like an update on all the news that's happened basically while you were sleeping, mm-hmm. and it is just gotten to where I'm arriving to work and I'm just like oh my God, I'm, I'm just like super drained already and it's only 7 a.m. So trying to like go back on that and actually making it a good experience in the morning, but seeing so much violence constantly around us in every direction. Yeah. And just kind of like people attacking each other in physical ways and in um, verbal ways, just all of the time. And I just don't know, like, where, like, I mean, art imitates life. We hear that all the time. And theater is holding a mirror up to the world. Mm-hmm. So is it, is the theater a place that we should be welcoming violence or not? I guess is my question. Because there are plays that are written for it. I know that I personally, anytime that that a, a show calls for us to have like a gun on stage. I hate it. I yeah. hate it. And I make such a big deal out of trying to like either figure out a way around it to like symbolize a gun or for us to be able to use something that is never once had the possibility of going off and firing anything. Um, cause it just makes me nervous. I think the minute that something enters the room like that, you're a hundred percent more likely to hurt somebody. Yes. Always. But oddly, I do not feel the same way about swords. I'm like, you can bring a sword on stage anytime you want. <laughs> huh. But I think it's also just about... Like, I know if I have somebody bring a sword on stage, I've worked with them to have that on there. And we know how to behave appropriately with this. And I, I, I don't know. It just I feel like there are less things that can go wrong. In, uh, anyway. Well, you're I completely
1: just, in charge of the sword. Right. But there's all there's a whole host of other mechanisms within a firearm, right? That can go off at any time, and you know, due to recent of ev- you know, I say recent, but you know, recent events that have happened on film sets, and having a lot of friends who work on film sets repeatedly say something that never should have happened. Right. It's all. It's all about the because prop masters, the Rust movie, and who, yes. People who, who have worked on, especially, like, larger film sets know that prop masters have people, when there even is, like, rubber guns, say they're having, like, a big assault rifle firefight or whatever, like in a war right. film or something, then they have people, the second that Cut is called, they take even those rubber guns back.
0: Yeah, everything goes away as if it's real.
1: Yeah, you don't you don't get to even hold these rubber guns until it is time for action. They say, rolling blah, blah, Mm blah. Hand him the gun, walk back and action. And then the action happens. Right. And so I don't, I wasn't on set. I have to say that. I wasn't on set. I don't know exactly what was happening. I don't know exactly what was going on. I can't even make that judgment because I still didn't watch the 60 Minutes thing.
0: Yeah, I didn't either.
1: Um, Mostly, you know, I just, it's a whole situation that I don't really want to get involved with. I just think it was grossly mishandled in
0: In all fronts. Yes,
1: in all fronts. So that being said, like when we had a gun come on stage for To Kill a Mockingbird, I do remember someone coming up to you and saying, why don't you have a gun? And then that happened. And then they came up to you later and said, yeah, now I understand. Mm -hmm. So the gun that we had was a prop gun that was... Completely uh, made of
0: wood. Well, it it had the handle, like the base of the gun. I don't even know enough to be able to talk about that. Yeah. But the like the buttstock sure. yeah okay that sounds <laughs> disgusting oh <laughs> you just said the buttstock yeah <laughs> this is why i can't be around guns <laughs> like that is ridiculous wait till you hear about the hammer <laughs> <laughs> is that before the buttstock or like a part that's of the, the, that's
1: the little the little back toppy part that hits the, the back toppy part <laughs> <laughs> it, like, hits the thing that fires the... Oh, the yeah, 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 and, You know, oh, I, yeah. I don't know. It's the I hammer. You. I just know if it's they, the hammer. Yeah.
0: So, anyway, um but that part of it looked real. It was, like, a part of, you know, the, the like, smooth, nice finished. And then mm-hmm. the top part was just a black, painted, shiny dowel rod. It looked like a real gun, but it definitely was not going to hurt anyone. Yeah. Unless you swung it like a bat. And that was that was, yeah, I, that, that's just the only way that I feel like I can go about it. But I just don't know. My, my, my big issue is with so much violence, basically inundated around us all of the time. Do we want, like, is that the story that we want to be telling? I don't know. Like, I mean, are, do we want to continue the, you know, it's, it's okay to, hurt somebody this way like that's the way i feel about it Mm -hmm. like if i put this up on stage then i almost feel like i'm condoning it in a way unless it's like a very obvious i'm not well i
1: heard peter dinklage um talk about this one time he said while i am personally not um an advocate for guns if i'm playing a character that is then you know i I have a right to tell the story in that way of course because that's the character that is using weapons that I would never in my, you know, real life ever touch. Mm-hmm. And that is, I guess, for each person to have to make in in make a decision in their personal well, life. And I
0: agree with that. I mean, I agree with that, that it's the the character's thing. I just more or less think, is this the, is that the story that well, that's, I want to bring that's
1: what, I, that's what I was leading to, is that, you know, you have to make that decision. Is, are, mm-hmm. are those the kind of stories that you want to tell? And um, I wouldn't say that we necessarily have no in any
0: way not not really i mean but sometimes they creep they creep up those are the kind of things like well, yeah. up. <laughs> and i'm not saying that you shouldn't have those kind of things in theater but like i mean like like coriolanus or um titus andronicus these old shakespeare plays that are insanely bloody mm-hmm. and gory and just just incredibly intense and even the Scottish play, like these plays that are super old, but, and they serve a purpose. And I just like, for some reason I can get behind that because I feel like it's teaching a lesson. So I think it's like, whenever it's just violence for violence sake that I'm like, I can't get behind this much like just having insane technical aspects of theater when it's not necessary or crucial to the story. I feel like, you know a musical only works if people are on stage and i can only buy it that they're singing and get into this mindset of like this is totally normal if there is no other way for them to communicate their feelings or their thoughts and if there is then i'm going to check out and i feel like the same way with with violence if there's just too much if there's just violence because it's like oh look at this cool sword fight i'm out yeah
1: well the the thing is as we've talked about before, um, with Shakespeare's, is everything is so introspective, and mm-hmm. in that you really get to feel the weight of death in many of their shows. Um, in in uh, well, even like Romeo and Juliet, you, you feel the weight of that death at the end, and and even you know uh, earlier on in the show. But I wouldn't say that we should ever put on you know John Wick the musical. <laughs>
0: Actually. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and I did kind of see, like, just talking about humanity and the way that people spin things and make things horrible. You have, you know, this horrible situation that happened with Alec Baldwin. Nobody really knows what was going Mm. on unless you were there. Anyway, I saw somebody had posted something recently, and it was a picture of Alec Baldwin, like, screaming and crying, you know, after the horribleness that he just experienced and it said it was basically like with uh like with gun safety on films or whatever violence in films don't be like this guy be like keanu reeves Mm -hmm. And i'm like okay but you're missing the point yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) and they're throwing it on the person instead of looking at the situation that just kind of bothers me it's like yes i mean keanu reeves has that entire school where he really learns and like goes for it with the you know everybody goes there and trains whenever they have to to like do anything violent in film basically um to his school, and that's awesome, but it's still—I don't know—it just miss miss the mark. No,
1: there's a lot more going on with the Russ thing. In that, you know, Baldwin was also a producer, which is still right. like a, its its on him in a way that, yeah, like, are you hiring the right people? And that—that that to me is the most important thing. Well, and when they you have, yeah, they safety on and offset, yeah, putting the right people in the right places
0: and, and having actual precautions, yes, that are there for a reason. And it's not like they didn't know these things,
1: so speaking of it is very uh, sad, having precautions and things like that, and you know we're talking about violence, I think the most recent thing since it was two days ago as of today, um with Will Smith and Chris
0: Rock. what are you talking about?
1: Oh, you didn't know Mm-mm. oh, they're like they're like buds, and now they're not oh anymore
0: they're like buds, but they're not yeah, they were kind of buds was it the Budstock?
1: stock, yep. <laughs> Actually, I think that's called butt smacking. If you hit somebody with the butt stock of your gun, are you serious? I think so. I butt slapping, really. butt smacking.
0: <laughs> it's something. It's something really funny. <laughs> this is, this. None of this can be right, and we're gonna get we're gonna get thousands of hate mail because of all these horrible things we remember. That is gums. info
1: at playontheatercompany.com. <laughs>
0: uh, okay, so yes, Chris Rock getting. The butt smacked out yes. of his face, basically.
1: So, I know where I land. A violent I act. I, yeah, I don't know necessarily where you land on something like that. I'm going to be
0: totally honest. I don't care. Me neither. And these are two insanely wealthy people that I will never reach that form of wealth at a like party that I will never be invited to. Um with a about a movie that I have never watched, <laughs> but would like to, but still haven't watched, um, where both basically I feel like their careers are kind of in and out just based off of what they're doing at the time. Yes, it's like I, I, I don't know. They just it doesn't have any bearing. I mean, I think it's sad. I think it's sad that it's blown up, and I think of it as far as like people are like, oh, the example that it sets, and I just think how many kids are really like looking up to Will Smith the way that we would have. Yeah. I mean he ain't the fresh prince no mo, <laughs> You know and that's <laughs> and I just I, I just I don't I don't know. I think that it was a horrible thing and that it probably should not have happened necessarily but I mean there's always a way better way to do it. I think that the situation like the conversation was steered into the wrong way and that it could have been a really awesome teaching moment as far as like jokes I mean I think that comedians should be able to tell jokes I do I do think that that doesn't give you a free-for-all license to say whatever you want and I think that you know working with kids when somebody says something hurtful to someone else to make a joke to the class we get on to that kid for making fun of that person mm-hmm. because it's not right and i think that whenever you start basically tearing someone else down to build yourself up or for a cheap laugh that's not cool like you should be if you've made it to that point in your career you should be able to have have a smarter joke yes. and especially like what in the world was even the point because he was about to present for documentaries like none of it was relevant in my mind but the absolute best thing that came out of it was a clip that i saw which was amy schumer coming out and being like oh my gosh did you see that clip it was so funny she uh-uh. was like oh my gosh ah uh, just i haven't been out here i was changing out of that spider-man costume and i was just like <laughs> did something happen <laughs> like the vibe in here yeah. is real weird <laughs>
1: Oh that's hilarious.
0: I mean that to me was very funny. Yeah. But everything that I mean I didn't see any of the Oscars except for except for Yeah that just moment.
1: that one clip. And which is really sad because you had I think this beautiful moment with um, Liza Minnelli and Lady Gaga the yeah. people we're talking about but I think even more so some of my favorite like tweets and posts that I'd seen in regards to it is like oh that's crazy about that slap but all of these refugees in Ukraine
0: right and that's what I was thinking too I'm like, like
1: I, this doesn't matter A one like two A famous horrible, people distracting slap. thing yeah. and that's, that's the other
0: thing more or less shame on them it's like <laughs> like yes this person should not have said this but you are self-aware enough as a human being to know that it ain't the time and it ain't the place. You,
1: you got up. You walked the long walk. It was a long walk. Yeah.
0: It's not like you just like stood up and did it. And I get that you don't know what's going on in somebody's life, and it's really easy to be like, oh, rich people don't have problems. But, like, he ain't got that many problems. like. <laughs> Yeah. If if he's not o if if he is as okay as he was about her entanglement, then (laughs) I feel like he should have been okay with that horrible, like silly little joke that should not have been told. And he could have handled that situation a lot better. Yeah. Than what happened. And it's distracting from an actual real world situation that's happening. Yes. And that's what's taken over the news cycle today.
1: Which is, it it is, you know, talking about violence, it's so devastating. And to think that we could live in a day and age where this is even remotely possible to do this to innocent people and innocent lives. Like, we were sitting there watching the news last night and just watching elderly people having to leave. Yeah, and children, like, leaving their homes that they've known for Mm -hmm. years. I mean, could you imagine if we had to do that here today?
0: no and i did see where there was uh there was a symphony in one of the towns in ukraine and i can't remember the name of the of the town but uh i have to look it up but they were basically like they met up in the midst of all of this while their city is being bombed and attacked and they played and it was just them, and the like. theater is full of just like crazy, like boxes are thrown everywhere, and they basically just cleared the stage, put everybody up there on instruments, and recorded them playing with the sounds of the bombs going off and the air raid sirens yeah. in the background. And it's like horrific. It got to the point where it was so close that they had to stop playing and it just felt like what it must have been to see the people playing the violins on the Titanic but they're not on water. <laughs> it's like look at them go. I mean, what else are you to do in the midst of all of that mm-hmm. other than just try to carry on and find like eke out your own little piece of happiness.
1: You know, I I, I reposted this quote from Adam Grant and it just talks about perpetuating violence and yeah the best way to be an example, the best way to to stop the cycles is to just stop. Yeah. And, you know, how do we... I think for me, the thing is, is like I get so angry about it a lot mm-hmm. and it frustrates me because it's like, how, how can we live in this world where there's so many beautiful things like playing in a, yeah. in a symphony or listening to music or doing theater or doing all of these like amazing things that like a clear sky even. And yet we can be so horrific. Yeah. I I mean, especially with the guys of like lies, it's the misinformation though. That's the thing. And it's like, I'm not angry at anything in general. It's just, I'm angry at the lies.
0: Well, and it's sad whenever you see basically an entire country get manipulated. Mm -hmm. And, you know we only you know we we studied what it was like for people in world war ii but that's probably like the closest as far as what we're seeing yeah go on but you know it's not like there there aren't equally as horrific things happening in the middle east yeah and have been and parts of africa even i mean it's just there are loads of places that experience this on the daily, and I do think that it is a little interesting. I mean, not maybe not on to the scale of basically like here is this massive country that's now going to take over this other country.
1: Well, you hear <laughs> of war torn areas, right? Yeah, and you can sort of
0: it's almost reconcile like we've been with that. But these are neighborhoods, yeah. yeah.
1: Like you think that it's a place of safety. It's even thinking about um, when the terrible tragedy in 2012 with the uh, Dark Knight Rises movie theater situation right. in Aurora Colorado there are places where you think of sanctuary and safety and your home in well, especially- that's right.
0: I mean I I remember that just because I was at I was at a theater in Indiana watching the Dark Knight Rises mm-hmm. the exact same time that that was happening and I remember leaving and like hearing all of this news this craziness and like what? Like, I mean, it's just automatically you're able to put yourself into that position because you were there. Yeah, the exact same thing. Like, what made that happen there and not this other place? It's just as possible, but it's so easy to remove yourself from it and be like, well, that's that's somewhere else. Yeah, that's not our problem. That's that's there.
1: And it's just it's just so crazy because you know, again, it, your home is supposed to be the safe place, and you shouldn't have to leave it. Yeah, Because another country wanted to invade it.
0: Well, yeah. and then it just seeing people be grossly attacked. Yeah. I mean, just...
1: These are citizens. These aren't people trying to fight back.
0: Yeah. And just like, all right, this is what we... This is happening. And we all see it. And, you know, it, it's kind of like when things were happening with the Black Lives Matter movement. And you think when we were in school, we learned about the civil rights movement. Mm -hmm. And while you're learning that you're thinking the entire time, well, this is where I would be on that, on the side of the civil rights movement and or this movement or that movement, whichever it is. But this is where I would be. These are the people that I would, I would do this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would tell, I would totally do that. I would totally sit with the people on the sidewalk and get blasted by fire hydrant hoses you know and, and i would totally go and sit in the diner and stand up for them like why would i not do that these would be my friends but we're experiencing this now and we're watching it from the sidelines and it's like okay maybe not
1: <laughs> well
0: it's so crazy to think like are we
1: walking in enemy hallways yeah uh, wherever we go i it... It's it's this sort of, what what is the old phrase? It's like, it's a if, if it's a revolution, then you won. If it's a rebellion, then you lost. Then you lost, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, we're so caught up in this nationalism nonsense when it's like, we could just be humans to one another. Right. And that's the easiest thing to do, which is why we love telling human stories on stage.
0: Well, and I do think that it is also probably why it sets us up to be just a little bit more empathetic. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, yeah. <laughs> it feels like we exercise that muscle maybe a little more. Yeah, we bit get more. to walk in other lives all the time. We get to put on different hats and different shoes and well, and you're constantly trying to identify with someone else. And which which is why I think it's so awesome that we have a community of younger people that are so interested in doing theater is because it is teaching them empathy. Yeah. In a time where that seems to be, you know, not on the forefront. Yeah. of other people's minds. Um you know, with all this stuff, we, we kind of touched on it a little bit with waking up in the morning and like having our little time trying to set us up for a success. But, you know, um, before we're like totally done or whatever, I do want to talk about just the business that we are in and trying to maintain a, a positive attitude and like how you go about staying positive for yourself and like mentally and physically, and um, like you and Lexi were kind of talking earlier, and you said something about, well, when you know, it, it's crazy to think that whenever you go for a run for thirty minutes, it's mm-hmm. better than a nap for thirty yeah. minutes. Like it gives you more energy, and that she was saying how you know she's so much happier when she goes for a walk at the track or whatever, and and um, and I was just eating some cake. <laughs> in the corner, but, and it sounded like y'all were having a really great conversation about exercise, but, um, <laughs> but, but no, this I do take a 30 minute walk every, every or day, a yeah. 30
1: minute to an hour walk every day for that reason. It's mm-hmm. like, I will not say that my job is extremely stressful as most others. Like it's not like saving lives in the ER, but it is something that like gives you a second to refocus. Yeah. And it's just better. I just have a better rest of my day after mm-hmm. that despite the morning that i may have had
0: and that's incredibly important but i mean when you work in a business like theater i mean it could be anything but i, I that's just the business that i know so when you work at showbiz baby that's showbiz kid <laughs> um so when you work in in that environment all of the time i feel like you have to work very hard at maintaining a positive attitude in a way not that you shouldn't be aware of what's going on around you but that you should be working towards a positive lifestyle yeah just because it can get negative real quick Mm -hmm. and when you're dealing with an industry that's basically set up to reject you 95 percent of the time that is i mean it is wild statistics i mean i look at the friends that I had, the people that I went to school with and the relationships that they have and the, with people and you know, the like six degrees of separation from whatever. And I think of all the people that I know that are successful in the business and that are still doing it and that are in it. And when I think about them mentally, like as people, they are the type of people that focus on their mental health a lot and like making sure that, they are doing stuff that is good for them and not constantly giving everything away and adversely the people that go in it and they just (laughs) don't think about themselves or their own well-being they fade away they fizzle out yeah and you can't you can't burn that bright for that long and you give too much of yourself away so i just i i don't know i i think that in a business is set up basically to reject you I, I that word rejection i don't know if that's the right word people say that a lot like oh well if you're going to be an actor you got to get be ready to be rejected you're going to get rejected a lot and i think that that in itself is putting a negative spin on it yeah it's not rejection
1: you're just not chosen
0: yeah and it's And I know that that might seem like splitting hairs, and maybe it is, but it really is not rejection. Mm -hmm. And as somebody who casts shows a lot, I don't think that I have ever rejected anyone Mm -hmm. except for that one person who called me and made me stay on the phone with them for 45 minutes. I reject them. (laughs) I reject their personality.
1: Oh, also the charging of the the audition table. (laughs) (laughs) That was a
0: rejection. (laughs) And the things that they said to me, I reject it because it was all negative. Yeah. And anyway, but I, I think that it is a di- that we need to look at it differently. And then instead of oh, we are rejecting, I was rejected from this job, or you know they didn't, I, I, I wasn't chosen for this. It's I didn't fit yeah. for this job. And you know how crazy is that to you, you, the people could go and they could interview all over the place looking for a job and that's hard, but they would never once become as personally offended that they didn't get the job Mm -hmm. as you do whenever you don't get a show. And I think that that's because when you're auditioning for a show, it feels like the most vulnerable you have ever been in your whole life. I mean, you're basically bearing these feelings out in front of people. That's not a normal job interview. And you're having to perform and, and basically welcome these people into to your thoughts and feelings like you would in a rehearsal setting or in a, in a show. And that's a really hard thing to do. And then to find out that that thing that you did wasn't what they wanted. And your mind is like, oh, I'm not good enough. That's the only thing that I can think. Yeah. And the only reason why is because I've done that. <laughs> I've been that person. And I've gone on thousands of auditions. And when you look at the actual amount of jobs that I have on my resume compared to the amount of auditions that I went. <laughs> yeah. That it, it is ridiculous. There's not enough paper. Mm-hmm. And so it can look really good or flashy or whatever to be like, yeah, I worked with this company and this company. But it doesn't say, oh, I auditioned for this company like a hundred times before I got offered an understudy role. Or, you know, I mean, like things like that you don't hear about.
1: It's like we were talking about earlier, you know, the mountain of failures behind the success.
0: Right. And and it's I I just wish that people would look at it in a different way. I think that it would help people so much more as far as maintaining that positive outlook. And I think that in order to stay in the business, you have to think of it in a positive way that you can't think of it as I'm being rejected. It's that this show was not right for me right now. And I think about the shows that I auditioned for that I wanted so bad, so bad, that felt like it was going to be life changing. And I didn't get it. And I could not understand why I didn't get it. And now I look back on some of those and I'm like, I totally understand why I didn't get that. Like, there's no way. Like, you go, this this happens a lot. Like, I mean, when you're auditioning everywhere and you're kind of in that world constantly, you don't get the show odds are someone you know got the show and somehow you're going to end up either at the opening night party (laughs) or you know at a production of it yeah and you're going to be sitting there and you're going to see basically these people doing the thing that you really wanted to be a part of and i would say more often than not while you're watching it if you you know are um a self-aware human then you'll be like, yeah, it makes sense why I didn't get this. Yeah. <laughs> I, I now understand. And yeah. it's because you see the chemistry that these people all have. Cause I, I think that whenever you're casting a show, you're casting people's personalities in a sense. And when somebody just doesn't fit into that, you may not understand it at the moment as the person, because that's a hard thing to know. But when you see it and it's in action, I don't, I don't know. I, I might just be talking in circles. It's just something that's no, no, I, on I, my mind.
1: I, I for sure agree with you because, you know, when you don't get something and then you can set that ego to the side or even if you go to watch it, to hate watch it or whatever, and you watch yeah. it and you're like, oh, like, crap, yeah, no, good. yeah, that's really good. I, yeah, I wasn't right for this. Mm-hmm. It, it, having the maturity to set that to the side is really yeah. important
0: yeah and i just um i i don't know i don't know if there's a way to necessarily fix that outlook on it but i think that it starts with the theaters and the theater educators yes and the way that it's looked at whenever you don't get a role i also think that it is kind of on certain people to not give everybody a trophy Mm -hmm. and to have the conversation with people earlier on, you may not be right for this show, but that doesn't mean that you're not right for a different show. Yeah. And the most important thing when you're doing a production is the production. And I've had to have that talk with somebody that, you know, that you've had to, that I've had to fire from a job before where it's like, I am here with the sole purpose of making sure that this plane lands. Yes. And, that's my job. And if something is in the way of that, that has to go. Because the most important thing in the show in the show is this production, being as good as it possibly can be. That's my whole sole purpose of being here is making this thing happen. And so if you think of it like, okay, I wasn't right for this moment. It doesn't mean it's not that I'm not right for the show. I wasn't right for this moment when this show is done, right then, it's not my time. Yeah, It's just not your time. And that's a hard thing to wait for, especially if you're rejected multiple times. And that hurts because you think, okay, every time I go out, I just get rejected, and I get rejected, and I get rejected, and you just repeat that over and over again in your head, and then it feels like, why am I even trying to do this? But and I, think, I more than understand that feeling.
1: I think that, that also... <sighs> I don't know. I I really struggle with that kind of mindset because I don't really think like that anymore in so far as you're ignoring all the other successes that you've had. Exactly. Like I just, I got rejected for this, but I just had this big role in this other thing.
0: Yeah. Or how awesome is it that I even got an audition in the first place? Or if you get really low, which I've been there, I got to perform today. Exactly. (laughs) And I got to go in and I got to sing or I got to do this monologue and I got to play this role. Somebody told me one time and it totally changed my outlook on it. Um, uh, they, They said, you know, when you are going in for an audition, you can't think of it like it's an audition. Like you have to end that mindset. Like it's not an audition anymore. You are going in and for a minute or two minutes however long your monologue is you are performing that role yeah so if i'm going in for hamlet and i get to do a hamlet monologue that might be the only time i get to be Hamlet. like today
1: i got to play hamlet and it was awesome and it
0: was awesome and he said the minute that he started doing that he started booking everything yep because he wasn't worried about the outcome of the audition any longer. Mm-hmm. And he was actually like loosened up and was performing. I mean, this guy was a psychopath, but <laughs> it was good advice. <laughs>
1: but but I've, I've, <laughs> I've listened to several people on um, the Inside of You podcast uh, talking about that same thing. In fact, it was the guy who was on, um, oh, what is that Silicon Valley, mm-hmm. who played like the crazy, you know, billionaire, the tree... Tress billion whatever his name was guy and he said you know i had to start rethinking everything in my life and when i started acting in a way that my auditions were me getting to perform today yeah it was it was life-changing and i think that we really should start teaching people hey it's not an audition for like this dream role it's an audition that you get to perform today
0: yes yeah Well, and when you start auditioning like that, then you're trying to give somebody what you think they want, and it's never that. Yeah. Because they want you. And that's a hard thing to kind of realize. Like, I remember how cool it was to have the feeling of, oh my God, like I haven't auditioned for a a while, and I'm just getting called in for things. And that was such a cool moment. I remember thinking whenever I gra- had, had graduated school of being like, okay, when I get to a point that I don't have to audition anymore and I just get called in, then I'll have been like, I'm, I'm like so close to making it. That's, like, that's going to be a yeah. great feeling. And once I can get that, then I know that I'm where I'm supposed to be. And I remember whenever that happened and it didn't occur to me until I had already been doing it for a little while. And I was on the like you know fourth or fifth callback where I didn't have auditions, and I was like, oh my god, I didn't even like this was a hurdle, and I didn't even realize that I that I had like set this goal and was achieving it, and how cool is that? But it's just so easy to miss those things because Mm -hmm. you get so caught up in and kind of like the hurt of it sometimes, and the like want and need to prove that you know you have put in your time and you deserve to exist in this business in the way that, you know, people deem successful for you. That's all I have for you this evening. That's that's your soapbox? <laughs> you're hopping off. <laughs> I know I kind of jumped on that really hard and was like, this is what I have to say. It was yes. like if I was a Power Ranger villain. <laughs> I don't know that those guys have a whole lot. Oh, really? You're
1: like a Bond villain.
0: Oh, okay, there you go. Yeah.
1: Like that long walk that heavier uh, Bardem does. I thought you were going to
0: say like that long walk Will Smith took right before.
1: <laughs> 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 hey, but you know what? Before we do, because we probably, yeah, it's running a little long. Yeah. Um, I do want to say we have some changes coming up, and it's very exciting. Oh, my God. Not so like exciting. overall format changes, but you may hear some different things going on with I mean, is us. this
0: another time where we say we're going to have a guest?
1: We are for <laughs> sure now going to have guests.
0: We are going to have some guests. I'm super stoked because I've got a list. I have got a list. And I'm really excited because we are going to get to bring people in through like the phone yes technology it's exciting so that means that basically anyone that i have their number john travolta (laughs) i don't have his number thomas cruz he wouldn't stop texting me
1: um adele hazim yeah no Um,
0: definitely adele yeah well um not not adele hazim but Adele.
1: i'm trying to think of all the famous people that you know
0: at least three Uh, famous people
1: um old nicholas basically anyone that
0: i've been like so this friend of mine
1: we could get the (laughs) scoop on uh this
0: could be like the only time that people are like oh maybe he does actually those people might be real
1: (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) like look now i do know people look at it hey look every successful podcast that
0: is launched with famous people always have dax on first i mean we can try but i'm gonna be honest i don't i the my first question right out the gate is like is the face a product of just being injured or are you just going whole hog on the fillers (laughs) is it like you're doing a like progressive facelift and we haven't seen it all the way done but you're just like 25 percent
1: yeah also, I don't think we use the the phrase "whole hog" enough in life. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what century you were born in, yeah. but it's great.
0: Well, well, what are you gonna do? Um, but I am extremely excited. I'm. I mean, it it is just like you directing um, the show after Little Women with our company. It's bringing in a new voice and seeing how things kind of change Mm -hmm. just like you know having some different ideas and opinions that get thrown in there and maybe shake us up a little bit i think that's always a good thing i'm super stoked super excited thanks chris
1: thanks cody
0: oh uh that is (laughs) christopher I think my microphone is falling i think it's been falling for yes. a while i just didn't know if i was being sensitive i was like i think it's i think i'm gonna fix that okay here we go okay oh. okay uh, mm. okay